A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good, but I'm back on the exercise train, and Uh-oh, that yeah. has made me very achy. Yeah, you uh, went to uh, Fundamentals or whatever no, it was. No, 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 no. Functional fitness. Okay. So the word is functional fitness, but they've capitalised the first three letters. To lie to you. Well, you know, I do, yeah, I... Would you, was, would you have described it as fun? Demanding. That it's not, that's false advertising then, isn't it? F- f- demanding fitness. <laughs> I don't think it has the same ring to it. Sad. But yeah, after a, after a three-month hiatus of playing Spider-Man and, you know, just stressing about the studio move, doing exercise again, it's tough. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, I mean, although I am more interested in asking about how your weekend in Oxford was. Oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? So it was mine and my lady partner's five-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, because her name's Anna, I wrote in the card, happy anniversary. Nice, uh, yes. It's not just you, functional fitness. Yeah. Um, so, and when we exchange cards... I've always got her jokey things because that's but you know she really likes cards and I found a cute one with two penguins holding <laughs> flippers oh lovely and I thought well you know I'll get that one that feels like the right card I give her the card she's like oh that's really nice and sweet I got you a joke card <laughs> because I always get her and we you know we change roles this and I open it and it's two very muscly wrestlers like with two other wrestlers that they've defeated on the on the canvas mat in this cool like comic book drawing style and they're holding the perfect team banner above their their heads with championship belts mm. and i was like so we're both guys <laughs> in this scenario weren't there any heterosexual tag teams nope they were just no. they're the perfect team you were the perfect team that's quite sweet that was nice so there was a wrestling themed anniversary yeah that's where the wrestling stopped because we went to oxford and what did you get up to in oxford we we had a spa so we you bloody love a spa not like you? a boxing spa but uh you know got a massage mm. from my back i uh i lost my you know that so you, you put the head through the table mm-hmm. and uh i you know it's it's very nice to have a massage i had a back massage and she was doing the the back massage and i kind of just drifted away I, I was just just in a state of bliss wasn't thinking about anything a moment of bliss and then she's like Anna, know where she 
she covers me with a towel at the end it's all nice and cozy and she's in, in my hair I'm just gonna leave you here <laughs> and I'll go out uh, and you know spend as much time as you like here just rest if, if you want to relax more and I'll come back in in uh, five minutes or so and you know you can you know just debrief and on the massage and as she's saying this I'm kind of kind of coming back into consciousness like okay and she goes out the the room and the, and the lights kind of come up a bit because they were very low and I look down I have been drooling <laughs> for, for about 10 minutes and I've drooled on like all over the stuff that's beneath <laughs> so I'm like oh god what do I do so I didn't have this nice of this very relaxing <laughs> After this very relaxing massage and just being <laughs> bundled up in blankets, yeah, I you know the 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 fear of drooling everywhere, yeah, like an animal just set in. I had to I'd find some tissue and be, mop it up. I'll be honest, I'm glad that's where the story went because I yeah. thought it was heading in a very different direction. Where did you think it was going? Boner Town. Boner Town. <laughs> yeah, not in, not in that position. That'd be awkward. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. more awkward than drooling on the floor, though. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So we we stayed in a very nice hotel that was way beyond. We, you know, we group on it. I don't yeah. think anyone else there group on it. <laughs> oh my god! So it was. We didn't know, but the next day was matriculation, which sounds like some form of chewing, right? Uh, but it's not. It is when all the Oxford University freshers are welcomed to the university in their big Harry Potter-like hall. And then they're probably beaten with sticks. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they... Made to do really humiliating tasks. Well, maybe not in the officially sanctioned <laughs> university thing, but maybe the, the, the societies around it. Uh, and, yeah, so Oxford was just ridden with teenagers. Poshos. Well, no, because, <laughs> you know, 60% of, as I found out on the walking tour, 60% of... Uh, Ox, Oxford and and Cambridge so Oxbridge they call it don't they uh, graduates or, and, and students are from state schools hmm. so they're actually working to diversify it's only a recent thing though <laughs> <laughs> since the 70s yeah. well they started letting women in mm-hmm. quite outrageously so my brother went to Oxford Brooks so that's not technically, not technically Oxford, Oxford University no it's, it's in Oxford um, but it is like they the, the not quite Oxford Oxford mm. University. Still, my mother would just tell people that he was going to Oxford and then quietly mutter Brooks. Brooks. It was more impressive than saying that her son goes to Portsmouth University, which, as we all know, is a jumped-up polytechnic. Ooh, hey. hey, so was mine. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, so that there's all these kids. They they look so because at first they thought, are they graduating in October? But they all look like they've got the faces of children. <laughs> and they're walking around in their robes and their, their hats that they have to wear and these weird ties. Every single one of these students had a bottle of Lambrini just open, just drinking in the street. In the str- Lambrini? Le- le- there were Lambrinis, Proseccos. Well, that I can understand, but Lambrini. Pinot Grigios, Lambr- like bottles of Lambrini. Just people, students drinking themselves senseless. That's shocking. Lambrini. It was was very mild-mannered, but uh, it was weird to see all these robed-up kids Mm. drinking in the streets from 11 a.m. to when we left late in the afternoon. I mean, the only other time I can remember that sort of me seeing that sort of thing happening is when I went on my friend Dan John Stagdu, 
and his best man was um some would say cruel um so he's a big fan of doctor who sure. and so he bought him a, a costume which was a uh, a dalek costume that he had to wear so obviously right off the bat we're getting a train to cardiff mm-hmm. that's fairly embarrassing because we're going to the doctor who experience but then he bought a bottle of prosecco bearing in mind this is like half nine in the morning opened it up and then gaffer taped it to his hand <laughs> and wouldn't remove it until he'd finished it and then and then after that made him have his breakfast which was cocoa pops using baileys instead of milk oh that sounds delicious i'm sure it does but not at that hour of the morning after you've had a whole bottle of Prosecco in order for you to be able to actually eat this stuff. Hey, it's, it's just pants, isn't it? Well, we then, like, I mean, let's say we. I was not involved in this bit. Um, they then made him down Muller Corners um, in a pub, and he was uh, very ill outside in the street. Muller Corners with the little bits that you yes. crunch over? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, downing yoghurt. I really like the banana chocolate flakes. Yeah, I'm one. sure he doesn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my. We went on a, a tour of Oxford University's CIS, so lots of different colleges mm-hmm. make up Oxford University. Fascinating. I so fact. I that's really where the story ends. That's what I've been waiting for. I learned a fact, and I was like, of course. Do you know why gargoyles are, call, are called gargoyles? I think you've already. No, you didn't tell me this. No, no, I don't know why. This is a fresh fact. Oh, Hot off the walking tour. <laughs> And it's because, so that there's all these you know, beautiful uh, gargles, gothic gargles on a lot of the churches and stuff. And they've got open mouths. And they said... when and they're drooling because when they've it, got yeah, massages. When it rains, the guide explained, the, the water will run in and come out. And that's a way to, so water doesn't get trapped up on the roof. Because back in the day, they didn't have gutters. They didn't have plastic guttering. This is how you would get water off the roof. That's what gargoyles are for. Hmm. And when the water comes out, they'll make a gargling noise. Oh. Ah. Best, <laughs> best bit of the weekend. <laughs> and well, yeah, for five-year anniversary. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Um, what did you do? Uh, I had, because I'm going to see John Carpenter tonight uh, at the Shepherd's Bush 02 uh, with a friend of mine, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, John Carpenter, for those unaware, he's a film writer and director, but he also composes the music for not all of his films. He didn't do the one for The Thing, but um, he sort of since like remastered it and done his own his own stamp on it. But he's going to be performing theme tunes uh, from his films, as well as his two studio albums that he released, um, which are the, the Lost Themes one and two, which are both excellent. It's very synth heavy. I would describe John Carpenter's music as his most famous one, of course, being Halloween. So, the, the O2 Arena? No, um, it's not the O2 Arena because there's one in Shepherd's Bush. So it'd be like the oh, and be an sorry, well, when you said O2, I just assumed yeah. Wembley. No, 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 it'd be an academy show. Yeah, cool. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. So, in order to like get prepared for that, uh, me, this friend, and one of our other friends, we got together and we watched... Uh, how many films did we watch in the end? Nine. Um, nine John Carpenter films over the weekends. Nice. Um, I can tell you which ones we watched, in fact, because I ranked them on Letterboxd, as you should From, all do. How about you, you reveal that after the show? Oh, I like it. What a, what a tease. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be t- kicking off talking about Drew McIntyre's possible split from The Dogs of War. We just don't know. Anyway, here's the show. The main topic of today, which is how Raw ended in the main event, the Dogs of War of Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre imploded 
and Drew McIntyre was the one left standing tall. Tallest. He, he's, I think he might be a little bit taller than Strowman. And that's why he's getting a push. Of course. Well, Apollo Crews is getting a push. Hey, man. He's not as tall. Four foot 11, Apollo Crews. Mm. Um, yeah, so interestingly, uh, and I've noticed this, and I feel like it's partly my fault, which, uh, you know, it's probably a lot to be said about this channel. I don't think they're called the Dogs of War anymore, and I don't think they have been called the Dogs of War since that one week they, where they said they were called the Dogs of War. Because Braun Strowman on this show was like, we don't need a silly name. And I wrote when I was like, but I thought you had a silly name. No, they had a cool name. They had a silly unified roar where they all do Braun's thing together. Yes. But either way, I don't think they're called the Dogs of War anymore. And I believe it's just me, you and Laurie that are like still ringing oh. that bell. Well, you know, it, it takes a lot of typing to write out all the names. I still write them as D-O-W. Yeah. It's easier that way. And uh, what what are they called now then? They're not best besties. Best for business. Dogs best for business. <laughs> They're just called Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. It's snappy. Yeah, it is. Well, let's go back to Mac Dolphman. Well, which is what I used to call them. Mac Dolphman is much better. So anyway, Mac Dolphman had a match uh, with the Shield in the main event. Yes, that's right. You have what you are watching this week's one, not last week's one, or the Super Showdown review. This is this week's episode. I swear they had one before that as well. Because it was hyped on Raw as the first Shield Oh, match. no, but I think it was uh, Mackendolf and Baron Corbin. AOP. AOP. It was AOP. And, yes, and Baron Corbin. It's, whatever's happened, I feel like I've been getting this match every week since Hell in a Cell. <laughs> and maybe no, even SummerSlam. No, you're thinking of Rudin Gable versus The Ascension in some form or another. Or, Finn Balor and Jinder Mahal. I was going to say, or Balor and uh, Mahal. Either way, anyway, we're getting off topic mm. here. So this was the main event of the show. It was The Shield versus McDolphman. And they had a, a pretty decent little match. It was not a par on last week's one. Last week's one was very good. It was very, very good. But the key to it really sort of came at the end, where Drew accidentally, accidentally, hit Braun Strowman with the Claymore kick when he was aiming for, I believe, Roman. And Roman, like a dog, moved out the way. And he, he uh, Claymored Strowman right out the ring. And then he literally went, damn it! Which made me laugh. And then at the end of the night, when they lost, Braun was very annoyed, and he gave um, Dolph Ziggler the big power slam. And just as he stood up to him, go, Braun! Drew claymored him right in the face, on purpose this time. And bearing in mind that Braun Strowman is legit nine foot tall, like, he really had to get a good vertical leap to kick him. And he got a brilliant sound off that kick with a slap of the thigh. The claymore... I think we're all in agreement. is an excellent finisher. Mm. Can be hit on anyone, looks awesome, and it's Drew McIntyre. Yes. I found out this morning, courtesy of Reddit, can't remember who said it, that was a mistake. He came up with this move as, like, kind of by accident. Mm. So he used to do the big boot. Yeah. But when he was in 3MB, his leather trousers were so tight, he couldn't get one leg up with the other leg still standing, so he had to throw himself into a big boot. I bet you that was revealed on Table for Three quite Probably, recently. Yeah. yeah. I did, but that sounds like a good episode to watch. Uh, see the bants between those three guys. Oh, I bet you it's full of bants. I bet Heath Slater's just there eating hot dogs, and Jinder Mahal, no carbs, <laughs> just steak. Carnivore diet, him and Drew. They're probably running through their, like, you know, championship accomplishments. Jinder Mahal was WWE champion for the better part of a year. Drew McIntyre was NXT champion. He's been a champion all over the world. And there's Heath Slater. I was the first SmackDown tag champ for a bit. And 
not a lot since then. He might have been a tag champ in uh, Nexus as well. Hey, he has to, you know, like he's he's chosen the hot, he's chosen carbs. Yes. And I cannot fault anyone for choosing carbs. Absolutely not. I do it on a weekly basis. I had carbs before we came in here mm. with a lovely bun and uh, breaded halloumi. Well, deep fried halloumi. But anyway, I, this was this has been something that's been building for a while. It was built throughout this episode as well, even though the large focus of the show, as much of the last few weeks has been, has been on Dean Ambrose as kind of a rogue element of the S.H.I.E.L.D. And you're telling this story of, throughout this night, we'll come onto it in the full review, of Dean and Seth coming, butting heads a lot. And in the main event, there's a moment when they collide and Dean actually goes to put Seth in the Dirty Deeds position. Mm-hmm. Which was never really... You know, brothers fight sometimes, though, don't they? That's what they were playing it off as. Yeah. Hey, man, brothers fight all the time. And me and my brother always... We're always at each other's throats, always fighting. I think you and your brother are different kinds <laughs> of brothers. What makes you say to that? To ones forged in justice fighting. Hey, man, we play board games. Sometimes yeah. like you've got to unify in order to beat the game. Well, the, you've got this storyline, so it's... That was almost a a red herring to send you down one way, or that I fully expect that to pay off eventually uh, when Dean Ambrose finally turns on his brothers. Or will he? Or will he, yeah. Or will it be Roman? Come on, Roman. So you've got the other side of the the Dogs of War uh, stuff happening, and throughout this show, Braun has been like, hey, if either of you guys screws this up, you're going to get these hands. And, you know, more aimed at Dolph because Dolph hasn't... He's been the weak link. That's been built up over the last few weeks. But I enjoyed this because you had the... You thought the shield were going to break up, but really, at the end of it, they might scuffle occasionally their brothers. That bond is thicker than the dogs of war, whatever their name is, who were just brought together because they're dastardly heels. They're going to betray each other eventually anyway. And they were the ones to fall apart in the end. So it was a nice self-contained two-month story, although the matchups were done to death. I yes. did enjoy it, and and hopefully this is the end of it. Oh, you say that, mate. I guarantee you they're all together again next week. What? Mac, Mac Dolphman? Yeah. No. And they'll probably have like a promo, or Braun <laughs> will come out and be like, Drew, get out, dude, you're going to get these hands. And then Drew comes out, and then Dolph plays the peacekeeper, and they reunite together to uh, beat up the shield. And then they have another six-man tag that night. Yeah. It's limbo. <laughs> it's uh, stuck in purgatory. Not, well, not, I, and not the game. I got the sense off of this, of the main event angle, that Dolph qualified for the World Cup to determine the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get the full title in. Yep, so he's going to be preoccupied with that. Uh, Braun Strowman... <laughs> Sorry, you make it sound like they're going to be doing something with this World Cup in the lead-up to it. There's a lot of people in it. Yeah. They've been doing qualifying matches. Yeah, but that's it. And then it's done. Like, yeah. Kurt Angle's just in a few with Baron well, Corbin. Like, that's not over the World Cup. For the next three weeks, these are going to be... Like, maybe Dolph, it seems like, because Seth qualified against Drew, that they'll... But anyway, Dolph and Drew are, are usually the team. From from this, Drew walked away from Dolph, who was laid out in the ring as well. I don't know how much of a split this is. Is this just Drew and Dolph splitting from Braun, or is this Drew really moving away from Dolph as well? Man, if you split away from Dolph, who's going to defend the tag team titles with him? I forgot they were the tag team <laughs> As champions. As you were saying that, I suddenly thought, he's forgotten that they're the tag champs. There was a moment at the start of this show where, you know, you got the, the Braun, the Dogs of War, are cutting a promo in the ring. They've got the tag titles. And then Roman and Seth come out. Intercontinental title over one shoulder. 
Universal Championship on the others. Over his back. Yeah. And I'm like, this is all the title. <laughs> I know this has been said before, but it just struck me there. Yeah. This is all the titles, guys. This is a greedy feud. And it's been a well-told story, but it has suffocated a lot of a lot of the rest of the show. Mm. Remember it, when uh, uh, Roman won the title and he was going to defend it on every show? He tried to. He tried to for a bit, didn't he? But old Baron Corbin stopped him, the dastardly Baron Corbin. I I won't try again. (laughs) I'm done now. I'm busy. Yeah, I've got that big three-way. Yeah, it's because he's got defended it at Crown Mm. Jewel, not in Saudi Arabia. Crown Jewel, blank. Yes. Usually it's from the progressive, beautiful place of Saudi Arabia. Today it was just, it's Crown Jewel streaming Mm. live on the WWE Network. Yes. Uh, so yeah so you don't think Drew this marks because I thought I, Drew yeah. might be entering a singles feud with Braun off the back of this that no, feels think, like yeah. what they've been building for a while but I think that'll come after Crown Jewel like I you I, don't think McIntyre will cost Braun no. in well, some way Braun said in his promo last week the only reason that we're, oh, I won't do the voice the only reason we're together is so you guys can ensure that I become the universal champion and that's why we're going to do this so I thought that this trio was going to stay together up until Crown Jewel and then after that we can do the, mm. the split of them and they can kind of go their separate but this kind of like just creates more dissension in the ranks as opposed to it's drew breaking away from the this franken team yeah i really i just want them all to go their separate ways now oh yeah that i'm not just talking about the performers but the belts as well yeah like get the belts back into the the, the aop team. chad gable bobby rude mix not the beat <laughs> get the intercontinental title down with uh Apollo some of the other Cruise. fun guys Apollo Crews, Elias. Yeah. Kevin Owens is out, though. But yes, so we don't know about Drew, but <gasps> oh, shall we... Oh, man, it's a good job we named the title that, then. Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording, along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond... The mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, it, it just seems to me that, that that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Ollie El Bakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your cues and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no, no, no. This will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a pew! He's got a pew! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Gave up Wall Street for Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Sorry. 
So Raw kicked off with the Dogs of War coming out and they were gloating about how they beat the Shield the week before. They've disbanded the Shield. It's all because of them. Dolph introduces a video package, which was annoying. <laughs> and then Michael Cole points out that Braun is facing Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in three weeks' time at Crown Jewel. And that was the first... Like, they re- there was a bit of speculation about whether they would mention crown jewel at all because of all the political controversy around saudi arabia a lot of people are calling for wwe to cancel the show there and yes they they mentioned it with, like within the first 30 seconds yeah it really was, it was i woke up this morning and be like i really wonder how they're gonna handle yeah. this crown jewel situation as you say the first 30 seconds michael calls the crown jewel in three weeks on the wwe network but obviously they don't mention that it's in saudi arabia so that was Probably a, a smart play on WWE's part to not mention that's where it is. Because if you're a new viewer that's coming in, you might be like, oh, God, you're doing a show there. That seems a bit not mm. progressive and not forethinking. Um, but they, they were like, no, it's just it's a show. It's going to be on the network. Subscribe to the network and you can watch the show. And it gives them an out if they want to move the location to yes. a different place. And it also, because there was reports over the weekend that there was talk internally. Obviously, this is just, you know, this is speculation. This is rumor and innuendo. There was talks internally of moving the two big matches from Crown Jewel, the Triple Threat and the Tag Team match, and doing those at Survivor Series instead. And the word was to watch Raw closely, because if they don't mention those two matches, then they're definitely being moved to Survivor Series. But here we are. They were very much mentioned. Then the segment after this was plugging the DX Brothers of Destruction Mm. match. So those two matches definitely are still happening at Crown Jewel. Um, the report is that uh, it's going to take either the State Department or Donald Trump to cancel this show or move it to another country. Wow. Um, yeah, the uh, the word is that the, uh, a lot, they didn't give a specified number or the majority, they'd say a lot of the WWE talent backstage, including members of the office, do not want to go. But mm. there is one man who is like determined to go and do this show. And that one man is the man with all the power, and that is Vince McMahon. And so if he wants to do it and Donald Trump has said you can do it, then he's going to go and do it and they're going to go do the show. So do you think like if the State Department or Donald Trump said you've got to turn Roman Reigns heel now? Well, that's a different also, Well, you know, I'm just I, in priorities, Luca, wrestling creative and political I, I guess what you're you saying know, situations I'm just I guess what you're saying but however when Donald Trump was even doing angles with WWE and he was having that Wrestlemania match he didn't know who was in that match it's a good point he just he just referred to the guy his avatar in that match the black one Bobby Lashley yes it's Bobby Lashley now yeah uh, so yes the, the shield then come out eventually Drew and Dolph had this moment before that actually when they joked about both winning their World Cup qualifiers and having to face each other in the, is it a tournament it's a it's an eight- <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows and who honestly could care i believe it's a one night tournament but i don't know i don't think they know i don't think they know what a world cup is mm. everyone's from america because the the graphic has them all together in one place how you would a normal match like if this was a tournament you'd be slotting people in brackets and you'd show <laughs> look Seth Rollins got this place and now he's going to face this person if it's a tournament I don't think they know well we know Vince McMahon doesn't like tournaments yeah. he hates the word tournament A uh, and B he just doesn't like doing it and when they do he is forced to do them he does them really half-assed mm. um, and that's what we're getting here is just like here are some lads the lads will have some matches 
just get ready for the DX match because that's what you're all here for. Apart from uh, Survivor Series Deadly Games, yeah, but that was in where, where they went all in. <laughs> on. And that wasn't McMahon, that was all Russo. Yeah. Well, Russo filtered via Via 3 McMahon, McMahon yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, Drew, Drew and Dolph had this cute bit where they're like, hey, we might face each other uh, in this World Cup match. And they joked about, you know, huh, and I'll beat you, <laughs> I'll beat you. And then Drew was like, no, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, it's because I'm, <laughs> I'm so much better than you are. I'm yeah. definitely going to win. Uh, also, interestingly as well, we don't want to try and dwell on the uh, the, the horrific state uh, going on in the news at the moment. But um, someone tweeted me um, last week, or was over the weekend, saying, like, do you think that the Philly crowd is going to boo any mention of Crown Jewel? Because it's become this sort of like hot button topic. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, unless it's really penetrated, like, the mainstream wrestling audience, like, clearly, the hardcore audience know what this is and know everything, like, the ins and outs of things. But unless it's penetrated into the mainstream wrestling audience, I don't think it will. And it wasn't booed whatsoever mm. when everyone anyone mentioned it. So, clearly, it's it only really matters to people like us and the people watching this show, I guess. Or, or if, you know, maybe people just aren't aware of it. It's, well, it's I mean, very yeah. inside baseball. But that's Philadelphia I mean. is a, a hot wrestling crowd traditionally quite a smart crowd couldn't tell by this show though could you no no i was uh yeah i was yeah like like the i, I did i was looking forward to a cancel crown jewel yeah and then like that hijacks a segment but yeah we didn't really get any of that no uh but this crowd weren't really weren't into much to be honest with you um anyway seth and roman come out to the shield's music but they're it's just the two of them and they say the shield is alive and well and that seth is going to be the one to win the world cup whatever it is um it's determined the best in the world that's what it is um and Dolph starts sort of making fun it's like i mean you say you're the shield and you're alive and well but where's dean you're missing one uh, and Seth says the demon runs on Ambrose time and he'll be here when he wants. <laughs> uh, uh, and then he um, challenges uh, Drew to a match. He makes some jokes about Philly cheesesteaks first um, and then says, we're going to have a match now. And Philadelphia's a fighting town. Yeah, yeah I thought uh, Rollins was very good. He felt very at ease here. Roman Reigns, just like he didn't care. Didn't yeah, care, yeah, I'd have given Roman the Philly cheesesteak lines and it's a fighting town and things like that to try and get... I mean, the crowd were behind him in the main event regardless, but like I would have tried to give all of him the good lines if he's the one you want to get over but like he, it's not, I don't think this was a content issue it was Roman Reigns' delivery here was so lackluster it was really it was really, it yes. was really bo- it that, was, that's it was weird but- you really getting over with me Roman yeah. uh, so th- this went straight into Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre uh, and yet it's qualifying match for the crown jewel but they were not mentioning the Saudi Arabia stuff I, I really like this match particularly the finish when it yeah. just went chaotic I, I just I don't know how many more variations there are on the superplex into Falcon Arrow spot. You love but it, though. But somehow Rollins, like, riffs on that spot every match and he makes it different and fresh. Yeah. Really, really appreciate how Seth Rollins can do a Seth Rollins match. <laughs> He's really good at it. Yeah, this was a, a really fun match and the, the finish saw uh, Dolph come down to cause the distraction. But who should appear from out of, seemingly out of nowhere? Dean Ambrose came in on running on Ambrose time and he starts attacking Dolph and it becomes a bit chaotic on the outside. And then Seth hits the curb stomp on Drew on the outside and he slides back into the ring at the nine count and wins via countout. Protects mm. Drew in there. He doesn't have to take a loss. Um, but it also means another American has qualified for this World Cup. You yeah. almost could have had an international flavour to this World Cup. No, no, no. no absolutely not. It's, I mean, you've seen the World Series, right? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. North yeah. America. North America. North America only. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like the finish. Um, you know, 
it's a shame that you have to beat Drew. Like, Drew was beaten, but this was the best way to get round that. And I just when Seth was... Like, he did a spot where he dived on Drew, then he got back in and he dived on Dolph. Seth is so, so good. He's incredible. He's really good. And this... Another thing I've read on Reddit... Here's another opinion that isn't mine, but I agree with. Uh, I... This S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion has unfortunately really dampened Seth. Because mm. Seth was, like, on fire. He yeah, was okay. stealing the show every week, Monday Night Rollins. And he's still been doing that. But it has been as a as a kind of heat dampener for Roman Reigns. Well, because, which isn't yeah. the best use of a singles push for Seth Rollins. No, I, I would agree with that. And I imagine it's probably because, at least... For me, it's because he's not in a singles feud at yes. the moment. Like he's not defending the IC belt in this sort of like hot feud where they can have these great matches. He is just part of constant six man tags. Yeah, or in a tag team with Dean, which is uh, you know just another casualty of the Roman Reigns push. Yeah, We're, we've had Braun Strowman awkwardly fudged into a heel role. We've had this weird heel faction and and Seth Rollins as well. I'm sure there's more. So that's a bit depressing. But the the key to this is mm. that like when Seth wins, Dean gets into the ring, and after the tensions from last week, he was celebrating with Seth like he was his brother, and they were having a jolly good time. Uh, but then when they we come back from break, they're walking down a hallway, and they start making those jokes about hey on Ambrose time, are you? And Ambrose just sort of stops, and he's like, "Am I just a joke to you guys? Yeah, like this is all just one big laughing matter." And he just walks away, and they're like, "Guys, like." Dude, it was a joke. Like, we didn't mean anything by it. So I said this in my review. Uh, I think it's an apt comparison. Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. <laughs> he is, yeah. Do, am I am, do I amuse you? Am I a clown to you? Uh, I, I think... And, and the great thing about Dean, as the, the same with Pesci's character... I can't remember the character's name. It's Joe Pesci. It's, yeah, it's just, he's called Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that you don't know if he's joking. And the slightest thing can send him off one way or the other. It's, yeah. it's a real... You know, like if you were to share a room with this version of Dean Ambrose, I wouldn't be at ease. And that's what you—that's exactly the tone they should be striking with it. Yeah. Um. And yes, yeah. So that that built into later on. Then we got that Brothers of Destruction promo that was Undertaker and Kane in a kind of boiler room area. It was all pre-taped and edited to maximum spookiness. You know mid 90s levels oh I don't know I quite liked this Did I like that they were in their own little setting it was all smoky and purple yeah. and it's the sort of thing I'd, I'd, I've been saying that I'd like more uh, characters to have their sort of own locations where they do their promos so I, I actually kind of like this I mean the actual content was nonsense but I liked the presentation of this yes uh, yeah I agree we're a big fan of making people's interviews and promos feel unique which they definitely did <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately it was I do, maybe I just don't like cane promos. Oh, I've never liked a cane promo. Eviscerate. Yeah. Lots of clunky words. Vince McMahon writes my promos for me. Yeah. He, Idea. I'm not sure, and I love Kane. I think Kane's, you know, he's one of the all-time greats, as Todd Phillips would sound SmackDown. But I'm not sure Kane has ever really had, like, a killer promo where you're like, oh, that's why Kane was given a microphone. That's why he gets <laughs> promos. Comedy. He, his comedic, comedic, yes, timing comedic timing is, timing is amazing. Incredible, yes, yeah. absolutely. And maybe, like, if he didn't have this character, he could be a really good promo if he wasn't shackled to such, like, turn-of-the-century dialogue. Uh, yeah, so th this was uh, this was all, of course, built into the DX tag match. Yes. Uh, potentially Crown Jewel. Mm -hmm. Then we got... <laughs> yeah. One of the most oh. unceremonious drafts. <laughs> 
of all time. There were two big returns on this show. This was the first one, and boy, howdy, did they treat this like a complete afterthought. Didn't even get an entrance. They got a jobber's entrance. Tamina's back. Not on SmackDown, where she was the last time we saw her. She's back from her moon mission, where we mm. l- uh, last saw her. And she's, she's on Raw now. And she's in a tag team with Dana Brooke. At least for this show, um, taking on uh, taking on Nia Jackson. T- a superstar shakeup was coming. I told you. <laughs> you were like, no, oh, it hasn't happened after SummerSlam. Why do you keep saying this? I'm, like, I'm telling you, a superstar shakeup is happening. Is that how uh, Mike Nelson ended up on 205 yes, Live? Yes, yes. And then we've got the huge debut return of Tamina. Yeah, yeah, yeah love it, love it, love it. Love I it. genuinely couldn't remember if she was on SmackDown or not. So my first note is like, oh, so Tamina's back. Was she on SmackDown, question mark? She fought for Team SmackDown. This guy, Wikipedia. <laughs> she fought on Team SmackDown at last year's Survivor Series. Oh, okay. And then she was on the Royal Rumble. Off the top of your head, can you name me the other members of that Survivor Series match? Probably Naomi. Yeah. Probably Becky. Definitely Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Carmella. Yeah. Alexa. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I believe Asuka won it. Hey, man, it was an all-time great, great feud. <laughs> Asuka was on Team Raw, though, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. she was, yeah. <clears throat> That's not what you asked me. Uh, <laughs> so, in her, in her shocking... Switch defection. <laughs> I, so I called my Raw review SmackDown star so, defects to Raw. To peel back the curtain slightly, when I write my news, I'm like, look what I'm going to throw to at the end. And I always say to Willie, I was like, oh, what's your news or what's the title of your Raw review? And you went, prepare yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> you said, huge defection. No, I so didn't say raw. huge defection. Just said SmackDown <laughs> star <laughs> defects to, to Raw. Oh, dearie me. You are, like, I genuinely never, if you'd have given me, like, a month of Sundays to come up with the title for this week's episode, I never would have thought that's what you'd have gone for. That's why I'm the pro. <laughs> Built this channel on the back of titles like that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think, hopefully, I have dealt with it in a way where people go, huh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, this is Subscribe. This one, this one, <laughs> wasn't much of a match they kind of built like a nice bit between Nijax and Tamina uh, with Tamina eventually hitting the Samoan drop on Nijax which was very nice but then Ember Moon just hit the uh, Eclipse out of nowhere on Dana Brooke and won so really that spot built to Nout but more importantly I suppose is they announced another match for Evolution or Evolution depending on you know your country of origin and how you speak and this is a I found this one to be fascinating because you and I was kind of speaking about, I was like, pay-per-views in two weeks, they've only announced like four matches at this point. Last week, you know, they had two matches and that got turned into one match. They're really going to start adding some stuff to this card if they want A, people to buy tickets, or, P, or B, people to be interested in watching this show. And so they finally announced another match here. It's a battle royal to determine a, a number one contender at some point. So it's not like you don't become the number one contender, you just earn a title shot at some point not even for survivor series no absolutely not no like that could that could be a good kind of it makes it feel more worthy but this title shot will likely just be used on an episode of weekly tv yes and in this uh, battle royal i know you're wondering it's uh, tamina iconics ember moon alicia fox nia jack dana brooke and then they announced during the match Asuka, mandy rose carmella lana sonia deville naomi and Tori Wilson. Now, I know, obviously, you just want to talk about the fact that Tori Wilson is back. I, you know, I stopped listening at Tori Wilson. 
And that they left me on a high. Well, my bigger point is, isn't that like the entire women's division? Mm. Like, there are no more matches you can announce, right? Hey, Charlotte and Becky are going to go long. <laughs> They're going to have to. Have a forty-five-minute <laughs> classic. Like it's just Bailey and Sasha that don't have any, and the Riot Squad, I suppose. But it looks like they're going to be building to a, a possibly a tag match between the Hug and Boss Connection and the Riot Squad. Yeah, with Natalia in there. Oh, maybe it'll be a six-woman. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh it's the Battle Royal is the classic. Get everyone on the card. Get everyone on the card. Like nothing screams gimmick. Like Battle Royal. Nothing screams, we've got nothing for... Creative has nothing for yeah. you like a Battle Royal on the pre-show of WrestleMania. And not just that, like, pointless gimmick. Yeah. Uh, you know, Royal Rumble is, is this superb uh, stipulation match, but a Battle Royal where everyone starts off in the ring, it's like... They won't get cares? entrances. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all, all In did a good one. All so In was great. That's something. Yeah. But I don't have the same faith for this one. Uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, like what a what a weird thing to do. So Stephanie did bill this as having over fifty women on the card. That's been changed, so yeah. But maybe this is a way to try and bulk those numbers yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and then, like at the end of the match, they kind of built up this battle royal gimmick. Although I don't think it particularly got over the crowd because no one reacted to it. But um, essentially, Tamina, like she dumps Nia Jax over the top rope, and Ember Moon sort of helped out. And then she tried to, and then Ember Moon tried to throw Tamina over the top rope, but that didn't really work out. And then Dana Brooke, of all people, the one who took the pinfall, got everyone out of the ring. So no one got over in this segment. A pointless, and it was so pointless and redundant, the commentators immediately moved on. Mm. They Like Dana Brooke eliminated these people, and then Michael Cole instantly went, like, Well, let's have a look at the Bellas and Ronda Rousey. Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> so, to, just two quick points Dana Brooke, where was that Titus Worldwide payoff? We got the payoff. She left the group. Yeah, but hardly. There's no... Like, they were building up with Titus trying to... I'm going to make you into a... Well, says Apollo Crews. He's also left Titus Worldwide by the looks but of it. But not mentioning that... Don't... Don't preach at me. <laughs> you know what I mean. And the other thing, I think they're building up a semi-losing streak for Nia. Because mm. she felt a bit disgruntled. Which is a good way to start this, by having her win tonight. Yeah. Uh, no, well, Ember Moon won, mm. and Nia Jax was kind of got the better of to me by Tamina. Nia Jax didn't look that happy in celebrating with Ember last week. Ember beat Nia. Mm -hmm. I feel like they might be going away where Nia snaps back to <laughs> heel turn. She's, I mean, I, I was gonna say there she's the big show of the women's division, <laughs> but that is p honestly purely. In flip-flopping between heel and face. Yeah. You read in your own offence there. I did not intend that. Yeah. Uh, yes, but speaking of, moving on, something actually important. Ronda Rousey and the Bellas had half a good segment. <laughs> That's exactly my note. This segment was great by the end, but boy howdy was it toilet at the start. We've got a recap of the Bellas beating down Ronda from last week and then uh, Ronda <coughs> doing an interview with uh, TMZ uh, calling the Bellas... Um, do nothing bitches, which I'm guessing is a term. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to take us through this? Yes, I, I mean, okay. I, I thought the, the side of it was exceptionally odd. Yeah, so Ronda comes down to the ring and is kind of playing up the sad, why did you do this to but me, Bella? was she, though? Because I actually rewound, because my first note here is like, oh, she's like nearly crying in the ring. Right When she's walking out, she's all smiles. She's all smiles, she's glad-handing with everyone, celebrating. The second she gets in the ring and puts the microphone on, then the sad face comes on, she's like, well, I'm sad now. Yeah, well, I don't think you should 
joke about bipolar issues. Luke. <laughs> it's quite mean. Uh, but yeah, she, she did flip-flop between emotions. Uh, and, and it wasn't consistent in the slightest. She comes down and she's like, yeah, why, Bella? Why, why did you turn on me last week? She's doing the crocodile tears thing. When, when you just why? want her to come down and be like, get the... You know, like she did at the end here. of this promo. Yeah, yeah. Get the heckins out here now, because I want to kick your ass for what you did to me last week. Like what? It's stupid because there was never a relationship to buy into. Like if this was, you saw SummerSlam. <laughs> if this was something that mattered, then I, I like that. This is this is fine, but it wasn't. Anyway, she she starts to that uh, the Bellas then come out and they actually get some decent heat. I thought. Nikki was pretty good here, actually. I thought Brie was actually really good yeah. as well. And it was a really weird line. And this is actually kind of like, you know, a lot of people go, well, why are the Bellas here? Why no one wants to see them? Nikki has a line here where she says, no one paid to see you, Rhonda. They paid to see us. And the crowd erupted into cheers mm. because they did pay to see the Bellas because they're draws to a mainstream audience. I, yeah, I do, yeah, I, well, sure. The, the crowd react like that was meant to be. That was meant to get negative heat. Yes, but it didn't. It got positive heat. Negative heat is when uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey clear the <laughs> ring of the Riot Squad. <laughs> it's less less than actual less a reaction. Than zero. Uh, but yeah. So and they cut stuff about the uh, the Divas Division, and you know they were the ones who got the women's division we because the Divas the Division yeah, was yeah. so bad with them wrestling that we wanted to change. And then Ronda had, so this was all like good and it's getting it's getting good but then Ronda has this line you leached off the names of your men that got a pop mm-hmm. you plagiarize and dilute their move sets lovely you're not pioneers you're relics of the past waiting to be eviscerated like smallpox that last bit was definitely written by Vince McMahon yes that is awful <laughs> like you can say that there's a good sen- sentiment underneath that you know, like you, you, you're only here on your husband's coattails. But that is not how normal people talk. What yeah. UFC promos are like are, are there where people are saying that? It's just so overwritten and archaic. Smallpox. Well, here's the thing: like that sentence perfectly encapsulates this segment. The first half of it is great, or at least one half of it is great, in which is like you've leached off your uh, your husbands, your partners. And you've like taken their movesets and made them rubbish. That bit, great. And then she picks up on that again when she starts poking fun at uh, Nikki, saying like, like Nikki says, we kicked down doors. You know, the only door you kicked down was John Cena's bedroom, and even he kicked you out. Like, like really good. And that's got like the most heat of it. Problem is the second half of that sentence where she starts talking about eviscerating you like smallpox is nonsense. Well, this bit came before. No, the, I know. The but, door line. No, what I'm saying is that this. One, this one piece here yeah. is one half of it's very good right, the other yes. half is very bad and this whole segment was <laughs> one half of this was very very bad and the other half was very very good yeah so that they they moved away from that really horribly scripted stuff into the bit you talked about where she says I kicked down doors in strike force in judo in UFC the only door you ever kicked down Nikki was John Cena's bedroom and then he threw her back out of it. That was an awesome, awesome line. Yeah. And saved this entire segment. Yeah, it was really uh, good because a, a lot of other, a lot of Ronda's other stuff in there where she's like, I thought we would be sister soldiers forever and like I thought you were friends and I thought when you like met me at WrestleMania, I thought, God, you're really cool. You're nice people. And I just thought to myself, I was like, cut all this out. Cut this nonsense. Like this, if I'm looking at a script and I'm like, this segment's too long. 
That's the first bit I'm cutting out. Get rid of all that stuff. Just have the nice, the awesome lines there where it sounds like they actually hate each other and they want to have a fight. And get rid of all this friends BS. They've got three hours to fill. <laughs> they do not have a stage where they're like, we need to trim this down. <laughs> we, need to, we need to lengthen this out. Yeah. Can you go out there and do 20 minutes? Uh, we've only got five minutes worth of material, but make it 20 if you can. Yeah, they probably had a really great, succinct, killer promo and they're like, oh, no, we're, we're about 15 minutes short. Yep. Vince's like, hey, give me that script. Eviscerate. Eviscerate. Smallpox. Sorry, sorry, this is Ronda's segment, not Kane's. <laughs> Smallpox. <laughs> Smallpox relevant, right? <laughs> uh, so the Bellas run off after this eventually because they send down security. And Ronda beats up some security. Yeah. Um, and Rhonda looks great at the end of this segment and her actual like when she's fired up the end of it she seems to like forget her lines and quite easy to forget your lines when you're given garbage dialogue like that but when she was on point this was this was a really good segment Mm. but when it it did fall apart every now and again uh, so it was a mixed bag yeah Uh, then we got Kurt Angle backstage in a Hawaiian (laughs) shirt and a sort of would you call that a Panama hat I believe yeah 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 and uh, so he's vacation Kurt. Yeah. I want that action figure variant. If that's not a WWE 2K19, a DLC character, then I don't know what to tell you. I want that. Like, Kurt has really gone to town since his return on different skins. <laughs> so you've got Shield Kurt, you've got GM Kurt, Conquistador Kurt, and now Vacation Kurt. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he said that he's on vacation and he feels great for this vacation. You really should thank Stephanie for it. He's talking with Rude and Gable, who then just walk away. Because No Way Jose uh, appears. Apparently he's been on main events. Didn't know it was a show. And he dances for a bit. And then he walks away. And then Baron Corbin walks up. This is one segment. Then Mm. Baron Corbin walks up and says that, um, hey, when was the last time you had a singles match, Kurt? I think you needed some practice. I'm going to book you in a match tonight. And you're going to face AOP in a handicap match. And Kurt's like, well, I didn't bring my gear. Setting up. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I so the, the the stupid cameos aside, like what? Let's <laughs> not even get into trying to unpack what Jose does. Well, I think backstage to go back to your earlier point, the script runs short. We need to yes. extend out this segment by another thirty seconds. Is no way Jose around? Can we get a couple of the crew members together to do a bit of dancing? That'll That's extend out right. this segment. Uh, that aside, I'm enjoying this, Kurt. I enjoyed him a lot last week. I enjoyed his just goofy vacation Kurt yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, goofy Kurt is a great level of Kurt. Mm. Like, he's he's one person who, if you're going to do goofy comedy with, is perfectly suited to it. Absolutely. And then we got a Susan G. Komen bit. Then we got Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose for the World Cup qualifiers to determine the best in the world. Mm. Uh, Drew comes down to interfere uh, near the end of this match. It was like Dean's, Dean's return initially... I really enjoyed but now like in ring wise but I just felt like this wasn't as the crowd were not into this mm. at all they were like the, shockingly the match, quiet the match wasn't that engaging no though. not really mm. and it was yeah it was really odd and then yeah Drew came down to you know attack and Seth tries to help out and kind of takes out Drew but in the process he kind of like picks Dean up to throw Dean back into the ring and Dean sort of pushes him down and that leads to him getting the super kick and uh, from Dolphin losing I was just amazed how little heat it had, really. Yeah. But then afterwards, Seth and Dean have a bit of a shoving match in the ring. Dean walks off up the ramp. Seth's like, no, you know what? I've had enough of this. Yeah. And he storms after him. They start having a, an argument. 
on the stage. Roman comes out to booze. <laughs> he was also booed whenever he spoke at the start as well. Uh, so boo Roman, but not the crown jewel. Great, great, <laughs> great job, Philadelphia. And priorities. And then Baron comes out and in his infinite wisdom makes the same main event we've had yeah because he doesn't want the uh, the shield to explode uh, on uh, under his watch but really like the underlying uh, of that is that he does want them to implode and he, by doing so he's putting them in matches where they might likely implode mm, yeah. dastardly dastardly baron and then we got the dogs of war who aren't called that backstage and they said how they're gonna finally split up the shield and braun that's when braun says if either of you screw up you'll get these hands yeah and that's sowing the seeds for later. But they've been sowing that seed for quite a few weeks. So it yeah. was genuinely surprising when when it when it combusted in the main event. Samir Singh is back. <laughs> I know, speaking of big returns. Oh. Samir Singh is back, barely shown on camera. Corey Graves, the only reason I know he was there is because Corey Graves wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. But this was, I couldn't believe this happened, Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal. And Michael Cole said, and I quote, this is quite the rivalry. It bloody well isn't, Cole. It bloody well isn't. Balor won. It's a series of matches, and, not a rivalry. Yeah, and, and Samir Singh is back and he's at ringside. So yeah. he, he got into that incredible shape so that he could not have an actual return and just be at ringside for this not rivalry. That should be a, at least a WWE Championship run. I was just surprised Samir. that it was not your thumbnail. for the what, uh, for big... The, Big, big, re- big returns. Yeah, exactly. Banks. Why did that one last week with Kurt? Well, no, I thought it was just Samir Singh in particular. Just, you know, the silhouette, the question mark. Nice. Huge WWE return. I think defection just has a more... <laughs> <laughs> but it does look like Finn is getting into a rivalry. His first of the year, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he had the Miz... You mean post-WrestleMania? Yeah. The wrestling year. But yeah, I'm not sure you can really can call that a feud. It was a, it Rollins was... and Miz over the Intercontinental title. That was a great feud. It was a good match. I'm not sure I would call it a great feud. No, Rollins and uh, Balor kept on trying to one-up each other. Oh, that was out. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God, that was a feud. I've forgotten all about that. Uh, yeah, so in the in the celebration, after a remarkably short match uh, with a coup de grace for the win, Bobby Lashley comes out with Leo Rush because he's got a match next, interrupting Finn Balor's celebration. And it's just Lashley posing in different corners of the ring to show how physically impressive he is. Yeah. I th- and, and Leo Rush just going, he smells good, or he smells like money. He, sm- he looks like money, he smells like money, he is money. He tastes like money, he said at one point. <laughs> Ooh, uh, misses. I get into that. Um, yeah, and they sort of put over that, uh, that he injured Owens last week, and that he's going to be getting knee surgery, and he'll be out for a little while. Um, and, like, Leo's there asking, hey, Finn Balor, do you want to look like this guy? And I was like, have you seen Finn Balor's abs? Like, he does look like that guy. Mm. Well, I mean, there are other obvious differences between... Balor and Bobby. Yeah, he's got hair. Um, Bobby and Bobby's bald. taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those are the only two. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, this I thought this was really good. And it builds on last week where Bobby and Leo interrupted that Balor and Bailey segment backstage. Oh, my, I forgot about yeah. that. I thought this was really out of the blue. But you're no. right. They did set it up last week. So good I, job, WWE. And I have no qualms with a mixed tag match between Balor and Bailey. <laughs> A Russian Bobby. Well, no, because Bailey's now off with her best friend again, ah, so that okay. kind of removes that removes Bailey from this mm. situation. So that yep. feud now, that quite the rivalry that Michael Cole was talking about with Jinder Mahal, is done with. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and then Bobby Lashley beat Tyler Breeze uh, very very quickly. Like Breeze got a little bit, but it was only 
only like a false hope spot. But yeah. Lashley always had this under control. Yeah. And Rush is really good on the outside, just to- hyping up Bobby. Yep. And, you know, if we do condemn Vince a lot for the stuff he does on this show, but when he gets it right, we've got to say well done to him as well because, by all accounts, that is Vince feeding the lines to Rush Yeah. Uh, throughout. Uh, even Corey is annoyed by Rush well, of as course, the heel commentator. Yeah. Which is it was surprising, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I thought this was... Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't mind a, a heel Lashley versus babyface Balor feud at all. No, absolutely not. Sorry, I was, I was getting a, 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 some tweets up before the next segment. Because okay, I, I because think people, this yeah. was woeful. <laughs> Trish Stratus and Lita come down to the ring. They speak some words like awkward mums. And then <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Bliss, Mickey James and Alexa Bliss come out. They do some unfunny impressions, but not not even unfunny in a fun Iconics heel way. Just, just you know, I want to stop watching this. And then Lita and Trish do a practice thing, which yes, so I this... found out is a is a reference to a 2002 sports interview with someone called Iverson, Alan Iverson. So actually, I woke up this morning and. You know, I get tweets from people who watch the show and they're like watching it live and they kind of send me their thoughts as it's going on. So so I watch the show and then I go through and see messages that people have sent me. I had upwards of 15 people send me a message going like, for the ramble, just so you know, that practice thing was a reference to a very, very famous promo that this sportsman did about a sports thing. Yes. Um, And so thank you to everyone who let me know. Clearly, we have now got a reputation on this show for not understanding sports references. So people are American sports references. I don't even think you'd understand British sports references. If they said something about (laughs) seagulls, I would go, that's probably Cantona. (laughs) Prawn sandwiches, probably Cantona. Uh, Then Kevin Keegan did one where he was, was, I'm going to beat him. Gary Neville going, oh, yeah. So yeah, you know, I all, like sports. You know all the sports stuff. I know all the sports. So yeah, and um, so thank you to everyone who let me know. So Alison mm. Iverson, uh, who's a sports person, did a sports interview uh, about a sport, uh, and that's what they were referencing here. I believe it's probably connected to Philadelphia. Yeah, and then the besties challenged them <laughs> to a fight, but Bliss and James walked out. This was. Awful. This was this was you know just this was embarrassing. Yeah. I felt like embarrassed to watch this. I am not looking forward to that match. Mm. And like <laughs> Trish Stratus, Lita, you know, this is my teenage years as a tag team. Like they, I should be super into this view on a nostalgic basis alone. I should be like, oh, it's going to be great to see them have this match. And yet here I am. I mean, like, not asked me. Mm. And it's because these segments are very, very bad. And they're just making me actively uninterested in it. I, you know, as as unfunny as the, the heels were, I did appreciate the effort Mickey James was going through. Yes. But I, I, again, like Roman Reigns in the start, I thought Bliss looked like she was... She was at about a six here in effort. Yeah. When usually she's amazing on promos, amazing on the mic, loads of facial expressions. But here she did seem disinterested. I did laugh, though, when they were leaving. She turned around to do the Trish Stratus point again. Mm. That made me laugh. Oh, yeah, the point the point impression was yeah. funny. But overall, not good. Uh, then Bailey runs into the Riot Squad backstage. Do they always wear beanies? <laughs> I don't know. 
I was just amazed that they gave Sarah Logan some like some mic time here. I'm gonna get a game. Um, yeah, so Bailey's walking backstage and she runs into the Riot Squad, who I think made fun of her for having friends. Mm. Oh, look there with your your ballad buddy. Oh, now your other friends. <laughs> their promo was essentially, oh, friends, yeah. friends. Meh. And yeah. then they squirted condiments <laughs> over Natalia's locker room door. No, such rioty action. Like, that's not... Natalia doesn't live there. Like no, She's, she's going to move on to another city. She doesn't have to clean it up either. Like, the the other per like the, the cleaners are going to have to clean it up. That's all they've inconvenienced is the cleaners in the building, who have probably got to clean up loads of condiment stuff anyway. The, the riot squad rioting is... Laughable. It makes them so lame. Yeah. And they're quite a good team. I like them I as a team. Same. I really like them as a team. But man alive, do they try their hardest to make them uncool. Yeah. It's uh it's really it's really childish levels of of stuff. Can you imagine if the NWO had done this? Yeah. I feel like it sometimes I feel like a, n- nothing against the Beano. <laughs> but I feel like they are villains in the Beano. <laughs> Which is for, for <laughs> American viewers, that's an English comic for kids. Yeah. Which I used to read a lot. I used to read the Beano Annual. It. Like yeah. the Beano and Dandy Annuals, that was, that was Christmas staples, yeah. was yeah. getting those. But they are for kids. Yes. Right. Uh, next up, we got AOP in this handicap match against Kurt Angle. Or is it? Yeah, because but... it was Gold Condom, El Conquistador. And that's, you know, Kurt himself has said he, it felt like wearing a giant gold condom. Yep. Yeah. Like that bit in um, The Naked Gun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, AOP squash this poor little man and then they, they go to unmask you, but it's not Kurt Angle at all. It's some lad. Like John Laurinaitis's. Is that well, what I, I was going to say brother, but that's animal. Yeah, that's animal, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, hawk. No, animal? Animal. It is animal, yeah. right. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, that was, that was cute and AOP really beat up this guy oh man i got a kick out of that yeah there have been like some lads who i've felt quite sorry for to be in the ring with aop sometimes and this one is like the lad that they did the um the, the super collide to and then power bombed him onto his friend and like broke both their necks like mm. i felt very bad for them but also felt pretty bad for this guy here because the they were just like you're going down through my arm and i'm just gonna knock the ever-loving s out of you yeah i do get a kick out of aop i do as well rest like just Kicking the crap out of people. Yeah, but the key uh, to doesn't this... look particularly safe. But I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure, they're professionals. But the key to this is that Baron Corbin was on the stage on a steel chair to watch Kurt Angle, big quotation marks, getting beaten up by AOP, and then he was shocked when it wasn't. It, it was to like like the goat in the Aquaman trailer doing a double take. And then Kurt Angle runs out from the back and gives him an angle slam on the apron, on the apron, on the stage. Olympic and... slam. Is it the Olympic slam? I always write Angle Slam in my notes. Well, Angle Slam was, the, I'm pretty sure, it was, was the TNA, TNA version. Yeah. I d- I'm pretty sure it was the Olympic Slam. But I can't check this now <laughs> because Wikipedia have removed all the names of moves. I don't know why they've done that. I don't know. It's really frustrating. It is frustrating. Like, you had the... what? Who goes to a Wikipedia page and thinks... I'm going to remove information from this. Just chuck it. If it's accurate, just chuck it all in. That's the point. It's Wikipedia yeah. anyway. It's full of nonsense. But anyway, uh, the, there's the very accurate. Very accurate, of course. Yeah, as long as there's citations. Yeah. Um, you can't use it. If, like, so when I was doing my university dissertation, it's when Wikipedia had first come into prominence. Mm. And there was like an email that was sent out and every one of my lectures was just like, 
I know Wikipedia is very is becoming popular at the moment, but you're not allowed to use it for references in your dissertation. You can use it to find references, though. Well, that's what we always argue. Yeah. But they would just like, they just try to actively discourage you. They could never say go to Wikipedia and find a reference because they can't tell you to go to Wikipedia. Well, for an academic text, you shouldn't be able to reference that because it's just a conduit no, no, for other no i know but they even go to there to find other references oh, weird because they were just worried that they had told a student to go to wikipedia to get information it's new it's scary it was new and scary so uh after that but and that that was a fun kurt thing as well we got natalia taking on ruby riot that's the payoff to the the mustard yes. incident and she comes out and she's going oh but i've got friends here's bailey who you bullied the night before, like earlier in the night, and I, I genuinely was caught surprised by this because I thought, oh, I wonder who the, the other person's going to be. I mean, Tamina's already been used. Could be Rhonda. It, yeah, because that would make sense. And Natalia did put over, well, I've got another friend because that's what this division is all about. <laughs> oh, it's friend. not about fighting for the championship. It's about having long-lasting friendships with people. Sasha Banks. Speaking of best friends, the hug and boss connection are back together again. The most mysterious injury of 2018. Mm. Nothing was ever said. Nothing was ever announced on TV. Nothing was ever really revealed about it. She was just out for a little bit. Yeah. And now she's back. Yeah. I mean, the closest anyone got to, to, to nailing it down, I think Pro Wrestling Sheet says it was some kind of back injury. And she just asked for some time off to recover. Uh, but yeah, other places have said it was more of like a, a mental fatigue thing. She just needed a break. I don't know. She didn't look like happy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the impression that she was happy to be there. You know what? Roman Reigns wasn't into it. Bliss wasn't into it. I didn't think Sasha was into it on her return. Like, obviously, they were professional and they were like, hey, I'm here. But, you know, that you can kind of tell when people are putting things on. Mm-hmm. Crown Jewel. Could be, man. Could be. Like they are working for a company that is, I mean, let's not get into. We don't want to yeah. open up the political can of worms. Maybe they are. Maybe, maybe there is actually some real there could moral be, conflict yeah. going on, in, and I'm sure there is. Why wouldn't there be? Absolutely. Uh, but that does come out. It's very hard to suppress that from coming out in the performances. Yeah, uh, this wasn't really much of a match. Uh, Natty got in the sharpshooter, but Sarah Logan ran in for the DQ, and then the babyfaces cleaned house. Yeah, I'm guessing maybe a six-man tag for. Evolution, evolution. Six-person tag. Come Sorry. On. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was no reaction to this. Absolutely none whatsoever. Not much for Sasha's return. Definitely none for the finish. Like, it was quiet. Third hour of Raw quiet. Yeah. Uh, and Banks was wearing her Wonder Woman outfit. Well, yeah. She's, you know, she's got to get it. Some, you can't just wear it for the Royal Rumble. It's got to get some use. She spent money on that. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but she just deploys it at weird times. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's not. I, I thought that would be a big time, big four pay per view outfit. Yeah, but it's you know. But now it's like no, it's Tuesday. I'm just gonna wear it around the house. Uh, Elias was next. He, he's backstage and he throws like a tray of plectrums into a a stagehand's face. That was funny. It was and, a skit on uh, M and M's. Oh, because he wanted the green plectrum. Yes, right. And then he's in the ring doing his usual weekly gig thing, and weirdly he's doing his. You know, everybody knows what WWE stands for, even John Cena. Hmm. And I know they had the match two weeks ago, but that's not that's not usual for WWE to kind of back reference 
maybe Elias is hoping that he can get into the World Cup and face off against John oh, Cena maybe, at Crown Jewel. Maybe, because the, the, there's that Elias Cena feud that's never really been delivered upon from Raw 25. Do you think Super Showdown was? Did he pin Elias there? Yeah. I can't remember. I don't care. <laughs> the, the hair. I was just looking at hair. Uh, anyway, he does some local sports team heat. Please get in touch and tell us what that all oh, means. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got. <laughs> someone tweeted me. Someone tweeted me. Hold on. Um, uh, this is from Kenny Jones. Luke, just in case uh, this, just in case this is our hockey team's new mascot in Philly that Elias brought up. Oh, on I Raw. saw this. This is hideous. Yeah, uh, gritty. I believe his name is. So that's that, and that's what Elias said. Everyone looked like. Yeah, it's kind of like a Laurie's beard, but that's all the person is made out of. Well. I mean, it, it looks like the Honey Monster. Yes. But in you know, hockey gear, which makes it really unoriginal. Because someone has of. just looked at the Honey Monster and like, put, a, put a jersey on him. It's scary to look at. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not appealing. <laughs> but they, they do that. And then Apollo Crews, of all people, comes out. His music hit. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, with, with no Titus, with no sexy secretary Dana, Dana Brooke or statistician, whatever she was, it was just just Apollo, and he comes down into the ring, and I think I can't remember what he said, <laughs> but he said he cut a joke about Elias, and then he said, "I'm not that funny." His, <laughs> his promo was said was like, "I'm I know I can't play guitar, I can't do jokes." I'm like, "What your gimmick is? You're not talented. Yeah. Like you don't have a talent." But I can and wrestle. wrestle. And uh, you're like, well, that's good. That's helped so many people <laughs> out in the WWE that you can wrestle really well, yep. but not have any other things to back I that up. So many people that have got to that tippity top mm. level by being a great wrestler with no personality. Yeah, they, they smash through it. And when you use that as part of your gimmick, oh, but yeah. you don't have a personality like Tony, you know, just pff, strap a rocket to him. All the way to the top, baby. Uh, and then he press slams uh, Elias with like you know a terrific show of strength. I mean, I've written here. I guess he's the new babyface Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like Vince almost looked at this show and was like, oh, we haven't got a Bobby Lashley babyface anymore. Uh, get me that other one. The the, me, the one who the Bobby who's what the, we put in the wash. The smaller, <laughs> smaller yeah. Bobby. Get me him. Uh, so yeah, he kept him. It was like a delayed press. He kept Elias up there for an impressive amount of time. And yeah, like this would be exciting. I, I did get into Apollo briefly for a week earlier this year when he had a, a good hot tag. But he always botches stuff. Well, at least, you know, he was fine. He's never really got it, even in NXT. Like he's never really connected with me personally. I know he's yeah. got a huge following from his Uha Nation days on the Indies. Uh, and he's very athletically gifted, but... He's just a smile at the moment. It's, I, I don't see what's there beyond like a, a lower mid-card act. He but was, yeah. ho hopefully that's, that's corrected for me. Yeah, he was in NXT for a cup of coffee, really. And like everyone said, he was brought up too soon because you, know, you, you can't really name any memorable matches that he had in NXT. Like He didn't really have that kind of blow-away NXT takeover match that people still talk about to this day. So he didn't... He was just there, and then he was brought to the main roster. Story always was that they were trying to... Like, same with Bobby Lashley. Trying to keep him away from Vince seeing him. Because as soon as Vince catches his eyes, like, bring him up to the main roster immediately. You see, they've done that with Lars Sullivan, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Were well, they trying to, keep, uh, trying to hide him? No, no, no. Vince has oh, finally found him. seen him. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, so that... Yeah. And I like Lars and everything. I mean, I wish he changed his trunks, like, because it looks proper rubbish, but it just says Lars on the back. Uh, but we like the we like the trunks, just not the the text. The text is crap. Uh, so yeah, I yeah, I don't think this is going anywhere. 
Like, what's the point of getting invested in it? Like the Chad Gable push. Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley. There's been too many examples this year where we think something's going to happen. And we're like, okay, cool. WWE, get behind this guy. We're here for you. We are on board. And then they drop it. They just drop it out of nowhere. Yeah. So what, you know, what's the track record that we can get invested in? And the main event was the Dogs of War, who aren't called that, versus the Shield. And we'll talk about the Dean Ambrose side of this. Oh, yeah, it's a good shout. Let's do mm. that. Because uh, we, we've covered the Drew side of it, where the Dogs of War combusted. But yeah, they uh, it was a fine match. And Ziggler pushes Rollins into Dean. Dean had a pinfall on Drew after a Dirty Deeds, and that's where they argue. And Dean uh, goes for that Dirty Deeds on Seth, but that's broken up. But by the end, they're all hugging. So Yeah, but it was like there was still that... Because Dean snapped in this match, and you know, as you said, he tried to hit Dirty Deeds on Seth, and they got into a shoving match and everything like that, and that almost caused their downfall. But by the end of it, he was celebrating with them. But yeah, it is that brothers are always in fighting, aren't they? You can't, yeah. you can't always get along with your brothers. Um, but I thought it was interesting, nonetheless. I still, I'm kind of like maintaining what we were talking about the other week, where it's like you're almost, they're almost pinpointing this too much that it's Dean that's turning heel, that for then Dean to turn heel. Mm. They're, they're foreshadowing it far too much for it to be Dean. What what I'm worried is that because this is a great story and I've really enjoyed Dean Ambrose's character and performance since his comeback, uh, but I'm I'm afraid that they're doing the stop start of this story too much. Like there's only so many times you can tease Dean's going to turn and not have him turn. So when he does turn, it's like, well, you've cried wolf one too many times. I'm not invested mm-hmm. in it. So hopefully now. That the now the dog stuff's done as well. Like we can just go forward. But is it though? Yes. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, but I overall, I gave this a uh, average. So three out of five. Yeah. Probably more of a two point seven five out of five. That's where I was going. I was going to low average. I actually thought quite a lot of it was a bit boring. Mm-hmm. Um, really, sort it dragged. Of, it yeah. dragged. Yeah, and it was a lot of something and nothing really. But I, I liked elements of that Ronda promo, and I liked the Dean and uh, Drew stuff throughout the show, but. Overall, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about on this show, really. Well, the, the, like, there were newsworthy bits. Yeah, you know, newsworthy. Sasha Banks. Yeah. Tamina! Samir! <laughs> Singh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, it just... No, nothing was bad. No. Like, nothing was really damaging. You could argue elements of the Ronda promo was, but they saved it in the end. But just, yeah, it was just... It was on cruise control a bit. Well, yeah, it was on Apollo mm. cruise control. Like, yes. the, like I think you say that there were big returns, but it wasn't newsworthy in that sense. But those big returns were in wet fart segments, so they don't really mean anything. Like, Sasha Banks being back didn't feel like a big deal. Tamina defecting from SmackDown didn't feel like a big deal. Mm. Samir Singh, which should have been like, you know, he's the next challenger for the Universal Championship, should have felt like a big deal, but, it, but it's not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but my overall takeaway is it was a draggy, boring show. It would be interesting for you to tell me how many of these you've seen mm. and whether or not you agree on the scores because you and I, quite famously, have never really agreed <coughs> on the scores. Famously. Yes. Quite fa- if anyone's listened to our old movie podcast, anyway. Famously. So, um, Assault on Precinct 13. Seen it. Uh, 1976. I gave it three stars. So you've ranked that at the bottom. We're going well, from no, the bottom. Go, no, chronological order. Oh, can we, can we go from bottom to top? Oh, some of them have Have've got been... the same rating. And that's very uh... difficult for me to then rank. Huh. Yeah. I just think it would be more dramatic. Uh, let me see. I could, uh, okay, yeah, I, I think I could work. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Assault on Precinct 13. Is is at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's fair. It's uh, it's 
it's okay. It doesn't hold up as much. No. And I don't think they dive into the cult aspect of it enough mm. in, to, to really warrant it. Uh, uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Haven't seen it. 1984, Sam Neill. Very, very good film. I gave it about three and a half stars. Um, very visceral, very 90s. Lots of video effects. It was almost like that um, Bound for Glory skit with Ali the Vampire Slayer. Um, I would then... Oh, this is hard. Uh, they Live... Okay, never seen it, but this is Roddy Piper's movie. Rowdy Roddy Piper with Keith David. The film in which you put on the sunglasses and you can see that there's been an alien invasion over the years and they have taken over all the media corporations and they have replaced... Like, we see people presenting the news, but actually what they're just telling us is to obey. Don't, you know, never wake up, consume, marry and reproduce, and things like that. Classic conspiracy theory. Well, you say that... Secret Bilderberg group controlling the world. Still happening now today, mate, let's be honest. Like, I was watching this thing, and I was like, good Lord, all the messages in this film are still relevant to 2018, and we just have not progressed since 1988. But it's whether you think that's just because what sells stuff and what appeals to people, or if there's actually a secret organisation controlling everything hey man I don't want to say it, there isn't <laughs> it's a big topic <laughs> I did, but for the record I lend towards the former that there isn't that there isn't okay. that big secret organisation uh, The Fog 1980 okay uh, I saw that as a teenager can't really remember it Ghost Pirates loved it four stars uh, I would then say Escape from New York okay yep Kurt Russell so which one came first, Escape from New York or L.A.? And New York was first. Okay, so uh, I do like that one. L.A. Yes. came in like 97. It came cool. like, like almost a decade later. I do like the New York one. More than a decade, like 15 years later, in fact. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, love. Bonkers. Yeah, so bonkers. Yeah. That they're remaking with The Rock. They are indeed, yeah. I read Carpenter's quote about it. Did Ooh, you read this? I did not. He's not happy. <gasps> he said, they don't care about me or my film. They just want to make a rock movie. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that sounds about right, to be honest. Uh, I would then say Christine. Nope. Love, I mean, you've got to watch it. It's really, really great. Stephen King story. Okay. Um, about a kid who buys a car, like this like decrepit car that's been sort of like, old, like left and forgotten about. But this car's a bit cursed. Mm. And the car sort of starts to possess him a little bit. And the car becomes like insanely jealous of anyone that he, like all of his friends and this new girlfriend that he gets. And the car becomes very jealous and kind of like warps and manipulates him. Um, it's really good. Really, really great film. Actually, one of the better Stephen King adaptations, I would say. Four and a half stars. Whoa, that's it. high. Yeah. Is that? Do, do you think that kind of plays on... We, we all knew someone in our teenage years who gets a car and suddenly turns into a dick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that, yeah. I think that's what Stephen King based the whole thing oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up next, I would say Halloween, the original. Okay, so... One of one of the the films, the famous films I've never seen. Right. Okay. So you're now the third person I've met recently who's never seen Halloween. Mm. Like, so my friend Mason, who we were doing this marathon with, had said like, well, "I've never seen Halloween." And my first reaction was like, "I thought people had seen that film by accident at this point." It's almost like Night of the Living Dead. Like, even if you haven't purposefully watched it, you've seen it because it's like it's always there. Mm. It's just part of like pop culture osmosis. Well, yeah, I've seen it in multiple clip shows, and I I know of uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I just I've never sat down. I won't say I've seen something until I've seen it from. I still to this day don't feel like I've seen Pitch Black because I missed (laughs) the first three minutes of that movie. 
Uh, and at number one, I would definitely have to say is The Thing. Oh, yes. I'm glad you... I was worried The Thing wasn't going to be top, but that is like... That's like all-time yeah. great. Absolute yeah. masterpiece of a movie. Incredible. It's so, so good. And like, so we... That was like last on day one. So it was about like one o'clock by the time we finished it. Very tired. But we we stayed up for like another half hour or so just talking about the ending and the various mm. different theories and stuff. And we'd... Good job we went to bed because we nearly fell into a rabbit hole of putting on YouTube and watching like loads of like video essays about the ending and the the order of when the thing starts to assimilate people and things like that. Yeah. Oh man, love it. If if you would watch a, again right now. If you're a younger viewer and you haven't seen that, I do. Yeah, really recommend you watch that right away. Make sure you find the th- John Carpenter's the thing, not the 2011 prequel movie with Mary Elizabeth uh, yeah. Winstead, because it's got the same title. So make sure you're finding the one from 1981. Yeah. Uh, cool. 1982 even. Um, quick email before we get on out of here. I'll do this. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Jumping the smart Rusev, hey. Hi, Luke and Ollie, brackets, not Laurie. So I went to an MSG house show. MSG is a direct 40-minute train from my house. Around post-WrestleMania 33 when Bala had just returned. Nothing too notable happened at the show itself, but afterwards was fun. I was going to go somewhere, so I hailed a taxi. The driver pulled up and told me that he accidentally left the open light on and there was someone in the car. Ooh. I then heard a man with an Irish accent laugh and say, I'm getting out here anyway. I didn't do the accent. The door opens. Getting out here anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And neither are you, apparently. Uh, The door. You said he was laughing. The door opens, and out steps Finn Balor. He looks at me. Does he step or does he crawl? (laughs) There's loads of smoke coming out. Uh, Out steps Finn Balor. He looks at me in my Balor Club T-shirt and says. Nice shirt. He flashes me a two sweet and he leaves. Honestly, the coolest thing that's ever happened to me is from Jumping the Smart. He always sends us some very good emails. That's That's an awesome story. That is an awesome story. Imagine if he was like, hey, mate, just get in. Yeah, and, and and we'll share this. We'll Uber pull this because <laughs> you know I do have to cover my own travel costs. Yes, and any help is appreciated. And then you can ride in a cab with Finn Balor. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Daniel Perry as well, who sent in a uh, Wrestle Talk Get Better 5K training plan. Interesting. In, uh, in order to help me get to that, um, so I can constantly run it oh, and so not walk for it. you. Yes, no, ah. I mean, you don't need it, obviously because it's no. I thought sorry, I thought it was his 5K training plan well, for it him. Is, it is his 5K, but he's like. Hey, you know, you want to be able to oh, do a 5K cool. while, while running and not doing the walking bit. So thank you very much for sending that across. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very nice of you. Uh, but are you going to do another one this Saturday? We are doing one this Saturday, yes, because wow. we're going to a, a, a birthday party in the evening. Uh, it's a Great Gatsby-themed masquerade party mm. above a pub. Um, uh, which, and unfortunately, I don't know where my tux is. So I'm just going to have to wear mm. a, my old, a regular suit. You own a tux? I do own a tux, yes. I got one for my parents... Uh, 40th wedding anniversary uh, I got a tux for that and I bought it so I didn't even rent it and I have no idea where it is I fell into that trap I bought a tux for my film uh, graduation ceremony nice like when they showed all the films yep and the guy the guy in Moss Bros totally duped me he was like hey man you, you, know, you just buy it now and you, you you've got it for life you It'll can pay use for it itself. yeah I was like, that makes total sense. Yep, I think I went to Moss Bros uh, as well, and the exact same thing and happened. I never wore it. And never I worn sold it, it like six years later. <laughs> yeah, I've never worn mine since. Uh, but this would have been the second time I'd have been able to wear it in like you know five years. Uh, but then we got a quick um, 
uh, poetry corner Ooh. here from Lauren Smith. Hello, Luke. I was rec- recommended by one of your WrestleTalk Discord mods, the mayor of Painesville, Dan, to Dan. forward a poem I wrote. Enjoy. So this might have gone into the poetry corner on Discord. Is there a poetry, There's a poetry corner? Is yeah. There really? If you're ever down for some poems. Yeah. Head into Poetry oh, man, Corner. Got, I've got loads of poems. Wow, there's loads of stuff in here. I mean, there's also the weird stuff that happens on Discord regardless. Just people just say things. things. I don't I don't get Discord. <coughs> I tagged everyone yeah. uh, this morning, and, and that oh, did not go down well. You were so unpopular. Ollie Davis was unpopular for a little bit on this channel. Well, is it is it my fault that you don't have notifications disabled when you go to bed well, that's or like, your phone on silent like when you go to bed like someone said like it's half past three in the morning I was like why is your phone on yeah put it on airplane mode mate it's half three in the morning I, know. I sleep with my phone in a different room such a good thing I, I, I only do because I've got my alarm on there but mm. I put it onto airplane mode oh could I, can I just do a actually you do the poetry corner first okay so uh, this is from Lauren Smith the gong sounds the lights black out then a crash of thunder and a flash of lightning there's fog everywhere. What is this all about? From the darkness, a tall figure appears. Who is it? We can't see until the fog clears. It's the Undertaker. Quick, hide your nan. The legend, the phenom. Could you believe it? It's the dead man. With focus and dead dedication, he walks a slow pace down the ramp, an entrance well known across the nation. He raises his hands and brings back the light, then slings his coat to a mortal man. The demon of Death Valley is ready to fight. Half an hour later, he stepped onto the mat. The crowd erupts in awe and cheers as he tilts his head, removes his hat. I'm even sure grown men spilled their beers because behind the hat with a gr- was a grimace. Undertaker's eyes rolled back into his head. It, rarely, it really wasn't an expression of grace. His opponent shall rest in peace among the dead. It's from Lauren. Lady Seneroth on Discord. Ooh, I like the uh, the subtle jabs at how long Taker's entrance is there. I also like with focus and dead Ication. That's a good. That's a good pun. Although, is "hide your nan" an expression? It depends on where Lauren is from, I guess. Uh, do you say if that is? Because otherwise, that's lazy. <laughs> that's a lazy thing. To, that's R. Kelly. Thing. I'm going to name this woman Bridget because I need to rhyme it with the word midget. midget. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man you wanted dead man. You wanted to bring something well, up before we get out. Of I here. was going to say I want to do a new thing on the Wrestle Talk News. Which is this is what you pinged everyone about. Uh, yeah, well, this is this what I messaged everyone on Discord about, but no one's done it for me. Going, everyone's so upset. I might have to do the work myself. I want clips of WWE commentary that sound like it could be common. Like it, it's an innuendo. Innuendo bingo is what yeah. we want to create. <clears throat> um, but not like innuendo bingo. The segment. I just want to play some funny funny quotes yeah like here's here's the the winner this week and you'll get a shout out on the news so send to luke at wrestletalk.com oh, no, it's not going to me absolutely not whatsoever it's going into the discord chat under memes yes and we uh, we do want to stress here because i i was a bit concerned when you first pitched this oh were you well only because when you send an audio file make sure it's clean audio it's sure. ripped directly from the video don't record it on your phone and send it to us because it just sounds pony and it won't sound good. And then we, we just won't play it. It'll be a waste mm. of your time and it'll be a waste of our time. Yeah, so, okay, for you pod swafters, 
you can send the clips to ollie at wrestletalk.com. Oh, oh no, you, you've done it now. Uh, you've got to make a big yeah, mistake. They've got to be MP3 files. They've got to be ripped from wherever you watch Raw or SmackDown or NXT. But it's stuff like, oh, he's going to yank him off. The top rope. The top rope. So so funny things like that. And yeah. the, the funnier, the better. The more sexy they sound out of context, the more likely they'll get used. And you'll get a shout out as well uh, on the WrestleTalk News, which is the most watched thing in the history of anything. And that is ollie at WrestleTalk.com. <sighs> if you want to send your correspondence, though, it's luke at WrestleTalk.com. If you want your emails read out poorly. That's all we've got time for on today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. It is SmackDown 1000 tonight. We've got, about that. got all those returning stars. Tori Wilson, yes. uh, for example. We've also got Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And there's another World Cup qualifying match with Rusev, but I can't remember who he's facing. Probably The Miz. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. we'll see you tomorrow for the SmackDown Review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>